This week, Judge Jones indicates he will confirm Neiman Debtor's third amended plan. J.C. Penney to negotiate credit bid with lenders. Intelsat announces deal to purchase GoGo commercial aviation business. And as always, updates from Puerto Rico. Hello, and welcome to the Reorg Podcast, where we bring you the latest top developments in high yield, distressed debt, and bankruptcy. Hope you're having a nice Labor Day weekend. We missed you last week, and we'll have a more comprehensive recap today. I'm Connor Skelding. And I'm Mark Fisher. It's Sunday, September 6th. At hearing on Friday, Judge David Jones indicated that he will confirm the Neiman Marcus debtor's third amended plan. In confirming the plan, the court overruled the objections of Pro Se 2028 debenture holder David Hargreaves and certain deferred compensation plan participants. Although the limited plan objections filed by the Official Committee of Unsecured Creditors and Notes Trustee UMB Bank were partially resolved ahead of the hearing, the UCC argued that it should be permitted to remain in existence after the plan's effective date for the limited purpose of participating in the post-confirmation discussions concerning the debtor's determination of whether UMB Bank will be included in the debtor release and exculpation provisions. Judge Jones, however, summarily rejected the committee's request, saying, quote, On the effective date, the committee will terminate, and that's that. Paving the way for the third amended plan at a status conference before Judge Jones on Wednesday, the key case parties announced that they had achieved a resolution of the UCC's objections to the terms of the My Teresa Series B preferred shares and have signed term sheets with respect to the My Teresa documents. Also, Marble Ridge founder and fund manager Dan Kamensky was arrested on Thursday. The criminal complaint alleges that Kamensky, in context of the Neiman Marcus Chapter 11 cases, extorted a rival bidder to abandon a higher bid for My Teresa Series B shares and engaged in obstruction of justice by asking the rival bidder to cover up the crime. The four-count complaint includes fraud in the offer of sale of securities, wire fraud, extortion, and bribery in connection with bankruptcy, as well as obstruction of justice. The Intelsat debtors on Monday announced that they have reached a deal to acquire in-flight Wi-Fi and entertainment provider GoGo's commercial aviation business for $400 million. At a hearing Monday, Judge Keith Phillips approved the acquisition and a related amendment to the debtors' dip credit agreement on an uncontested basis. The amendment increased the debtors' permitted investment basket to $400 million from $350 million and allows for $200 million in additional financing for the GoGo business. The debtors expect to close the transaction in spring 2021. After the court's approval, Intelsat disclosed cleansing materials dated August 19th related to the transaction, which they dubbed, quote, Project Scotty. Intelsat expects to achieve SATCOM synergies reducing costs by $71 million in 2024 and $130 million long term, according to the cleansing documents. The debtors forecast that the project will be free cash flow positive beginning in 2024 with peak cash burn of $155 million in 2021. On August 23rd, TNT Crane and Rigging, North America's largest open shop crane company, filed for Chapter 11 in Delaware. The company has a restructuring support agreement signed with consenting first lien lenders holding more than 81% of first lien claims, second lien lenders holding more than 75% of second lien claims, and the debtors' equity sponsor, First Reserve Corp. All voting classes under the plan have already voted to accept it. Under the plan, first lien and second lien lenders will split reorganized equity 97% to 3% respectively, with the first also receiving $100 million of take-back paper and the seconds receiving warrants for an additional 5% of reorganized equity. According to the disclosure statement, this equates to an 80.7% recovery for first liens and a 6.7% recovery for second liens. The debtor's employees, vendors, trade creditors, and other general unsecured creditors will be paid in full. Claims under certain, quote, sponsor loans extended in late 2019 will receive warrants for 1% of the reorganized equity for a 5% estimated recovery, 
according to the disclosure statement. At a Monday status conference, the JCPenney debtors announced that they would pursue a credit bid from first lien lenders for a going concern transaction after failing to break a stalemate in negotiations with potential third-party bidders. In connection with the transaction, several locations will now be closed that were held open during negotiations with bidder groups, one of which consisted of a group of landlords, Joshua Sussberg of Kirkland and Ellis, debtors' counsel said. Sussberg informed the, cor- the court that the debtors and the first lien lenders would, make, would be negotiating over the next 10 days in, in connection with those negotiations. The DIP lenders have agreed to extend confidentiality through September 10th. The debtors would file cleansing material on September 10th and bidding procedures in an APA within the next 30 days. Quote, the need for speed cannot be overstated, and we have a tremendous amount of work to do over the next 10 days, Sussberg stressed. At a hearing Friday morning on another matter in the case, debtors' counsel said that, quote, six days into the NDA period, they have not received the response to their proposal made six days ago. Angela Blanc of Millbank appeared on behalf of the lenders, indicating that the parties will continue to explore all options. He added that the lenders are open to the possibility of equitizing at the OPCO, as well as the PropCo equitization contemplated previously, but there, there are a lot of hurdles with respect to the OPCO equitization. The status conference also addressed the Ad Hoc Equity Committee's motion seeking to appoint an official equity committee. Michael Slade of Kirkland Ellis for the debtors indicated that the debtors were, quote, surprised that the Ad Hoc Committee was again seeking official status, adding that the debtors have been providing diligence to the Ad Hoc Group since June 9th. The debtors believe that it makes sense to conduct a hearing in the first half of October to put forth, quote, market evidence based on the value of the company between now and the hearing date, the date Slade stated. Matthew Oaken of Oaken Adams, appearing on behalf of the Ad Hoc Equity Committee, argued there is significant evidence that the company is undervalued by the debtors and that this new proposal of, quote, flipping to sale without the protection of a plan shows a need for a committee. Through a Monday notice to the municipal bond market, the Puerto Rico Aqueduct and Sewer Authority disclosed that it borrowed $163 million in August for wastewater works through two 30-year state revolving fund related loans that are on par with the utility's senior gross pledge revenue bonds. Prasa said in a press release that the funds, which originated with the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, are earmarked for 28 infrastructure projects and that the loans were approved by the PROMESA Oversight Board and the Boards of Directors at AFF, PRASA, and the Puerto Rico Infrastructure Finance Authority, or PRIFA. On Tuesday, the PROMESA Oversight Board, on behalf of the Puerto Rico Electric Power Authority and the Puerto Rico Fiscal Agency and Financial Authority, filed a joint objection to the Official Committee of Unsecured Creditors' request to terminate the Rule 9019 motion seeking to approve the settlements embodied in the PREPA Restructuring Support Agreement. The government parties argue that the UCC is attempting to hijack the plan of adjustment process, which is exclusively reserved to the Oversight Board under PROMESA. Moreover, the objection stresses that the court already ruled on this motion and determined that a supplemental status report was warranted. Also Tuesday, the Oversight Board filed its opposition to the UCC's urgent motion, reviving its request to lift the court's stay order to litigate claims, objections that are focused on the priority of general objection or GO bonds, while AMBAC expressed its support to lift the stay through a partial jointer. Other top stories last week were White Box files SDNY suit against TransOcean to stop fraudulent and coercive exchange offer. Hertz debtors report revenue of $279 million in July period. $792 million unrestricted cash as of July 31st. Garrett Motion Lenders organize with Gibson Dunn to prepare for discussions on strategic alternatives. Former parent Honeywell working with TRS advisors to navigate asbestos indemnification lawsuit. Next, here's Jim with the week ahead. 
Well, thank you all. Good morning, one and all. And great balls of fire. What a summer that was. Definitely one to tuck into the folder of things you'd like to forget but won't. And now things are going to start getting really interesting in the sense of the old proverb, may you live in interesting times. So, Monday, September 7th, the business of America is consumption, of course, and this is one of those days we're all encouraged to consume. So it's a clear calendar. May you pay the wholesale price for all your purchases. Tuesday, September 8th, omnibus hearing in PG&E, the supplier of clean energy to Governor Gavin Newsom, at least when the wind's blowing right. There's also a temporary restraining order hearing in Global Eagle and a status conference in Dean Foods. Wednesday, September 9th, UCC standing an omnibus hearing in Hertz, omnibus hearing in Noble, and a couple of afternoon hearings related to the Comanche asset down there in South Texas, which Sanchez Energy, of course, acquired with such high hopes a few busts ago. One of these is a hearing in Gavilan Resources, the joint developer of the rock, and the other being a continued joint development agreement rejection hearing in Sanchez itself. Thursday, September 10th, Alta Mesa, that one's still kicking around. There's an evidentiary hearing today. Settlement hearing in Tops and a cash management hearing in Tailored Brands. Chewy, the online pet food people, have earnings, as do Dave and Busters. And Friday, September 11th, we have a claim reserve motion hearing in Unit Corp and an auction in Gavilan Resources. Now, what's sort of interesting or poignant is there's not a person, town, or geographical feature called Gavilan here in Texas. But in California, among the Golden State's many, many, many natural wonders are the Gavilan Hills and the Gavilan Plateau, both of which were big gold mining locations back in the days of 49. Maybe conferring that name on the co-developer where the Comanche asset was meant to bring luck doesn't look like it did. And there's your little history nugget for the week. Thank you all and stay comfy. And now back to Connor, who's going to raise the part in glass with some usual words of fellowship and good cheer. Thanks, Jim. And thank you all for listening to this Reorg Weekly Review. Find all of our podcasts on the Reorg site media page, iTunes, and SoundCloud. As always, we hope you and your families are healthy and safe. Have a nice long weekend. <laughs>